I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why, hello there, and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Brian Dilks, and I'm joined by the Lee Bullen to my Gary Monk. It's Justin Peach. Good afternoon. How the hell are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm tip-top. Pretty pretty happy it's the international break. I love international football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just love watching all the different international games. It was yeah. Great stuff, isn't it? What's your favourite international game? Kosovo, Besides England. Kosovo and the Czech Republic. <laughs> It's the only one I think I saw was on the telly. Did you actually watch it? I watched a bit of it. (laughs) (laughs) I I have badly missed Championship football this weekend. It's one of those things, you don't miss it till it's gone. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right, so because there's no Championship football this weekend, we're doing something a bit different this week. We're going to be doing our team of the season so far, even though it's too early in the season to have a team of the season. But if it was the end of the season, this would be the team of the season. If they replicated this form throughout the whole season, then yes. Well, no, if it's a six-game season. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a fair point. So, yeah, if it was a six-game season, this would be our team of the season. We're also going to be doing a bit of news because, as usual, it's the championship. There has been plenty going on. And then a bit of polls and then the Craig Bryson pub quiz. Mm -hmm. So, your normal week, just without talking about any actual games that have gone on. So, let's start off with what is been without a doubt the big news of the week Mm -hmm. Gary Monk is back in the championship he's the new Sheffield Wednesday manager what did you make of this appointment Justin I don't know what on one hand you think it initially greets you with a bit of skepticism because of how his managerial spells have ended always a bit shrouded in not disappointment but falling out with the board bit of bad form but ultimately he he did something with the Leeds team that no one's done for a while. Got them quite high at the table. I think they finished seventh. They fell out of the playoffs, but they were in the they were in the running. For... And that was probably their best chance at promotion for quite a few seasons. Yeah. Wanted until well, it's weird yeah. to say that now when you've got Leeds, exactly. who are one of the best teams in the league. But before that, they hadn't had a good run at the Premier League in quite a while. Exactly. Um, and then going on to the the Middlesbrough spell, probably probably the wrong appointment. But Birmingham got the best out of him. And um, I think the Sheffield Wednesday team's perfect for him. Yeah, yeah. He did a good job at Birmingham, didn't he? But mm. the um, the allegations about his agents being a bit too involved with a few yes. deals, they are just allegations, of course, and uh-huh. we, of course, will treat them as such. Yeah, <laughs> but I thought that would put clubs off going near him for quite a while. But with Sheffield Wednesday, they hadn't had a manager in mm. quite a while. And... As you say, it seems to be a good appointment, doesn't it? Do you think Lee Bullen was a bit unlucky? Um, I do and I don't. His, his record as caretaker manager is is is, is really good there. Um, but he's probably just a really good coach. We see a lot of, a lot of the times where 
coaches come in as caretaker managers and they, they have a good spell as a caretaker um, and then it, it starts to fall off and they become managers. A perfect example is Solskjaer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With a um, Bullen, they did start like a house on fire, didn't yeah. they? And then the performances did drop off a bit mm-hmm. in the last couple of games before the international break. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you. He is a good caretaker manager, isn't he? But he, probably he, you wouldn't want to give him the job. And Wednesday fans really didn't want to see yeah. him given the job. But he, he came in at such a tough time for Wednesday. Obviously, Bruce leaving so acrimoniously as he did. And Bullen pretty much steadied the ship and, and got the best out of him for, what, best part of four or five games. Yeah, yeah. And he's let Gary Monk have a team that's pretty much gelled together, hasn't he? Yeah, so, it's functional, but, it's, yeah, yeah. it's gelled. Absolutely. Danny Cowley was heavily linked with the job as well. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about him in a sec. <laughs> uh, but at the start of the season, we said if Wednesday had the white, ma- white? right manager, <laughs> then they could easily get in the playoffs. Is Gary Monk the right man to guide this side into the playoffs? I think I'll cop out here and say time will tell. That is a cop out. I think, as we've said, Sheffield Wednesday with the right manager can can be a top 10, top 6 team in that region. They've got the players. That that squad is such a well-balanced squad and they've got a lot of quality and depth, as we mentioned last week. I don't see any reason why they can't. Their away form needs to, to, to well not the away form, the form needs to pick up again as it did at the start of the season. Um, and as I say, just keep getting the best out of the players there because Stephen Fletcher, Kadeem Harris, they've they've and Josh Murphy, Jacob Murphy, one, one of, of the Murphys, one of the Murphys, <laughs> they've been good this season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna say he won't get them in the playoffs, but I think he will improve this Wednesday side mm-hmm. and. I think looking at a top 10 finish yeah. would be what I'd expect with Gary Monk in yeah. charge of them because, as you say, well-balanced squad and Gary Monk does get teams progressing, doesn't he? He leaves teams in better position, better positions than when he joins them. Apart from Borough. Apart from Borough. <laughs> Although they came down from the Premier League, so he uh, couldn't have technically... There's a bit of argument there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Danny Cowley then. He was linked with the Wednesday job. He was also linked with the Huddersfield job. Mm. And he's said to have turned it down despite the offer of a big pay rise. And that kind of sums up the situation that Huddersfield are in Mm -hmm. when a League One manager turns down a job at a side who were in the Premier League a few months ago. Yeah. Well, Lincoln are flying and Huddersfield are not. No. They could (laughs) very easily swap positions next season. Again, we've seen managers step up that and it hasn't quite worked out from again Nathan Jones as an example Luton are flying yeah. thought he could pick that Stoke team up a very talented Stoke team last season and it just isn't working out yeah I think you're absolutely right I think Cowley will look at what's gone on with Nathan mm-hmm. Jones and think to himself why <laughs> risk yeah. my good reputation at the moment yeah. which is what Nathan Jones is what he had yeah he had and then it's kind of Mm-hmm. Just been tarnished a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Cowley's definitely better off waiting for either a job at a side who have a bit more going for them at mm-hmm. the moment or just sticking with Lincoln because Huddersfield would not be a good move for him personally, would it? Uh, uh, we've said with Huddersfield, they need someone with a bit of championship experience. No tarnish on Cowley. I don't think he'd be the right man at the time for them. They need a, a manager to come in who's going to immediately lift the players he's got a style of play I know Lincoln have sort of switched it up a bit that's League One so we don't talk about League One um, <laughs> so as I say yeah they, they need that manager who's going to come in and 
immediately left left the club. Yeah, bizarrely, he's still favourite for the job. I'm not too sure why, because I imagine once he's <laughs> turned it down, that must mm. be it, unless they are going to offer him even more money. Yeah. Uh, Nigel Adkins and Daniel Stendel are the other favourites mm. for the job. Either of them? Adkins it's, it's probably, seems like a good shout, doesn't he? It's probably not the glamorous choice, but Adkins, yeah, absolutely. That whole team he went to were doing really badly. Almost a similar state as Huddersfield, i.e. the form is poor. They've got good players and it's not getting the best out of them. Adkins, I think, is the right man. He shouldn't have, I say he shouldn't have left. He shouldn't have been relieved of his duties at Hull. Mm. Because I think Adkins and Hull was the right fit. With the right amount, with the right players there. For both parties. For both parties, exactly. And I think Adkins going in at Huddersfield, he's a confident manager. He's a nice guy. He's likeable. And he gets the best out of poor teams. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Michael Hector is joining Fulham in January. Seems like a brilliant move for all parties, doesn't it? Absolutely. I, I'm, I don't know why it didn't happen in the transfer window. Yeah, that was the thing that I've written down here. I'm, I think that's the one negative about the move, really, isn't it? That mm. it didn't happen in the summer because they could yeah. have really used him in these mm. first few months of the season, couldn't it? Absolutely. He's, he showed last season what he can do. Another missing piece filled, I think. Yeah, yeah. a defence of Hector and, I'm assuming, Mawson mm-hmm. would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that would solve all of their problems defensively? Well... If they pass forwards, if Hector passes forwards, that's half of the problem solved, isn't it? <laughs> I feel sorry for Tim Ream. He looks like he won't be getting 5,000 passes this <laughs> <Yeah>. season. <laughs> uh, Calvin Phillips, this is the news that is not been confirmed yet, but I imagine will be confirmed over the next 24 hours or so. He's signing a new five-year deal yeah. at Leeds. He was linked with a move away to Villa mm-hmm. in the summer, but this is a massive boost for Leeds if it happens, isn't it? It's a statement, isn't it? Yeah, he's a he's an outstanding player, especially at Championship level. I hope that he gets his chance in the top tier. Unfortunately, just because he has that ability. Yeah, yeah, he, absolutely. And he stepped up his form yeah. this season, has he? I, I, definitely, he's he's been one of the standout performers in the league. And um, as as we said on the the social post, I think there is a potential there to play for England at, at some point. Yeah, well, I, I said that and. Instantly, we had numerous yeah. championship fans rubbishing it, but I genuinely think he should be in the fold for the England squad. Just be nearly moved to Villa for 30 million yeah. quid. And if he had made that move, you probably would imagine he would be in the England setup, really, wouldn't you? Well, Tyrone Mings has, has got in now. I don't see why Calvin Phillips can't. He's got the, as I say, he's got the ability, the mentality to do it. Um, so hopefully. And get up with leads and start showing what he can do in the, the top tier of football. Yeah, absolutely. Danny Simpson is training with West Brom. <laughs> Your face then was not too impressed. Do you think they will sign him? Because I don't think they really need him, do they? They've got uh, Nathan, Nathan Ferguson, Ferguson and Darnell um, Furlong. Yeah, I don't think they do. He's, a, he's an experienced player. He's, he will say that he's won the Premier League. He would definitely say that. Yeah, he would definitely say that. Um, <laughs> and tell you repeatedly. Yep. I just, I don't think, yeah, as you said, I don't think they need him. Do you think he would be a good signing in the Championship, though? Because I think he would be for three quarters of the teams in the league. There's a bit of a theme here because there are a lot of 30-plus 
uh, players out there that haven't been picked up by teams. And you, you look at that list and you go, well, you could do a job here, you could do a job there. But I think teams now have completely shifted their transfer strategies to buying up-and-coming talents. But if you get him on a year deal, year-long deal, it could be a good signing, wouldn't it be a good option at right-back? <sighs> he doesn't get forward much, but he's definitely a solid defender, isn't he? He's a good defender, but as well as that, he's not played a lot of football in the last two years. To be honest with you, I, I, just, I don't see him getting a... I hope he doesn't get a contract at West Brom. It sounds horrible, but... <laughs> It's Tyrone Mears all over again. Well, yeah, it's it's just it's just a block a blocker a bit for Nathan Ferguson, who's performed well in the games that he's played in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Huddersfield been fined fifty thousand yeah. pounds for the Paddy Power stunt. That if you missed this, I don't know how you would have missed this, but this is the <laughs> shirt they had at the start of the season where they had the Paddy Power logo like in a sash style yeah. across the front of the shirt. It looked absolutely disgusting. And there was a bit of speculation that it was a PR stunt and it turned out to be. But the FA weren't happy about it. What did you make of the fine? Because £50,000, that's quite a quite a lot, isn't it? it for what it was, yeah, it's, it's a strange one. It, it, the, the way clubs are fined at the moment is farcical. Mm. A two hundred grand fine for Leeds for the Spygate saga seems excessive in comparison to this. Yeah, and a lot of people have been pointing out that Millwall got fined £10,000 for racist chanting. Exactly. Can you understand that? It's absolutely farcical. There there has to be a review of how they they sanction clubs on these these sorts of things. I know that racist chanting isn't reflective of the whole Millwall fan base, but if you're guilty, you're guilty, and that should come with a, a harsher sanction than... A club with a sponsor across its chest. Yeah, the thing that I kind of thought of during the week was that Millwall are doing a lot of work to, to crack down yeah, on the racist yeah. chanting. The, the, the CEO comes out almost every every occasion. This this comes and says, you know, yeah. we're working hard on it." And I don't doubt that. And it says it's not reflective of the fan yeah. base. And so, and that's not particularly the fault of Millwall, the football club, no. is it? Whereas Huddersfield, what they've done here, is the fault of Huddersfield, the football club, and their intentions are a bit sketchy considering they're working with suppose, a gambling company. Football has, a, I guess, an obligation to fans, supporters, uh, communities. You have to set a precedent with these sorts of things. You look at, I think it was Rangers the other week had a section close to their stadium because of sectarian chants. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's that sort of, um, what's it, charges and... Offences, and then there's there's this. It's, mm. it, it doesn't make sense to find them more for less. I yeah, guess. yeah, okay. And then just finally, the final bit of news from this week was that Hull City defender Angus McDonald has been diagnosed with the early stages of bowel cancer. He's only 26, has missed most of the last year with a blood clot in his calf. It's terribly sad news and he's had some unbelievably bad luck over the past year. And all of us at the Second Tier Podcast wish him well. Right, let's move on, Justin, to our teams of the season so far, Mm -hmm. even though it's too early in the season. To have a team of the season, we're going to be doing this in the ABBA order. So I go first, (laughs) then you, then you again, then me. I'm just going to go through the teams one by one, see what we've got. What formation have you gone with, by the way? Um, I've... I was debating this a lot. It's a it's a, a four three three. I've gone four three three as well. Is your four three three very narrow? <laughs> I wouldn't By say that, so. Have you got three strikers? 
No, because I have. No, I haven't. <laughs> it seems like a lot of strikers have been the big talking point from this yeah. season so far. So that's why I've gone for three strikers. But uh, do you want to go first? All right, yeah. Go on then. Okay, who have you got in goal? My goalkeeper is Freddie Woodman. Okay, okay. Tell me why. He's been... He's been quality for Swansea. The, the games I've seen him play, he obviously kept Swansea in the game that they probably played worse in this season against Derby with the penalty save. And Leeds. Yep, and he's made he made three good saves against Leeds as well and kept him in it for that game. He's, he's picked up clean sheets. His distribution's been pivotal to how Swansea play. Um, so, that's, yeah, that's my choice. As I say, he's coming on loan. He's had the opportunity and I think he's using it. Yeah. I've gone with Freddie Woodman. <laughs> I feel... The, the thing is, we haven't told each other mm. what our teams are going to be. And I might, I'm might i slightly fearing they might be quite similar. Mm. But we'll wait and see. I've gone with Freddie Woodman because he's only 22 still. He's joined on loan from Newcastle. Mm. And he's very highly rated up north once he and when yeah. he moved. I was quite excited to see what he was like. And Swansea weren't the strongest in the goalkeeping department, were they? They never have been, really. Not no. since Michel Vaughan. Yeah, so, good shout, good shout. Well. But yeah, he's come in and been sensational so far he's yeah. a key reason why the Swansea defence have conceded the fewest second yeah. fewest amount of goals this yeah. season and Gareth Southgate said if uh, Woodman's one to keep an eye out for so yeah if Sir Gareth praises you then you've got to got to keep an eye out for him yeah absolutely my alternative was going to be Rafael Cabral at yeah. uh, Reading because they had João Virginia in goal initially mm-hmm. Who still sounds like a Mexican country singer, <laughs> but uh, since he's been dropped, Cabral's come in and done a sterling job, yeah. and one of the reasons why Reading have looked quite solid at the back. So, does this mean I go next? Yes, right back. Okay, so right back. There weren't too many options who stood out for me no. here. I I I feel like I'm cheating a bit here, but I've gone with Max Lowe oh, from Derby. That's right. The reason being, Max Lowe is a left back. But mm. since Jadon Bogle's been injured, he's had to play on the other side and has really impressed because he hasn't had many chances in Derbyshire. Mm. He hasn't had a good run in the team. But since he's come in, he has been quality. And when Bogle does come back, I imagine Lowe will go back to that left-back position mm. and have that nailed down for the season. He's brilliant going forward. He's yeah. good defensively as well. And he's still only 22. Yeah, and it's hard enough for a right-back filling in at left-back. Yeah, But I... You very rarely see a left back filling in at right back. Yeah, exactly. So exactly, I, I, he would have been my second choice. To be fair. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, but who was your first choice? Stuart Dallas. Okay. Okay. So we've not gone for any natural no. right backs. <laughs> so sorry to all the uh, natural right backs out there. <laughs> yes, he stepped in for Luke Ayling, and he's a traditionally a wide player, but Bielsa uses him mostly at fullback. Obviously, we saw him at left back a lot last yeah. season. Yeah. Um, and again, he's been absolutely quality. He's, he got a goal against Stoke, he's breaking up. Obviously, he played wing back at that point, but mm. we'll count as right back. Yeah, he's he breaking away into space the way he does. He's, he's a good player. He's, he's imperative to how Leeds play, um, i.e., the fullbacks are, are very wide. They, he links very well with um, mostly Hernandez. And as I say, he, you know, he's got a goal against Stoke. Again, I don't really see many right backs score. No, no. Do you think. Um... Well, I was going to say, do you think he'll keep ailing out the team? But I can't imagine he will, will he? Which will be a bit of a shame, considering how he's played so far. I mean, as I say, the way he's played so far, I'd have hoped he does keep ailing out the team because he's been quality. I, I don't see why Luke Ailing should come in as long as Stuart Dallas has been playing the way he has been. Yeah, fair enough. Does this mean... It's me. It's you now. Yes. Is that how it works? Yeah, 
This is why they got rid of this format. It's <laughs> yeah. <just> confusing. <laughs> okay, let's go with a. Who have you got at centre back? Ben White. Mm, interesting. What a player he's been, and I was sceptical of him coming in because I thought Janssen was a big loss for Leeds. He he played well with Cooper, had a had a good relationship with Cooper, and Ben White has come in and he's picked up the mantle straight away. He's, he, I, I thought he, I thought he needed a bit of time to bed in, but as I say, he's been absolutely quality. Yeah, he's comfortable on the ball. His passing ability is quality. He's not looked out of place. Just to I mention his packing, passing accuracy averages about eighty eight percent, and Leeds don't pass it side to side. Yeah, um, a fair point. Very and, fair point. And as well as that, he averages four four point two interceptions a game, which again is is incredibly high um, for a, for a young player on loan who's fitting into a Bielsa system. It's outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we might have the same two centre-backs. Yes. <laughs> I I, I've also gone with Ben White. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, this is the only Leeds player I've got in my eleven. That's not me saying I think Ben White is the only player worth a mention. It's just otherwise <clears throat> there, there could be at least three or four mm-hmm. Leeds players I'd have in this team and, and that would just be a bit boring. So we're expecting Leeds to be in the promotion well, chase earlier this season. Got, a, got to pick on merit. Yeah. I nearly put Calvin, Calvin Phillips in because he's been a step above his usual standards, as I say. But I've gone with Ben White instead, mainly because, as you say, we had concerns about their defence when Janssen left, mm-hmm. but he has come in absolutely class and he's perfect. won the PFA player of the month absolutely for this month he might have been a bit biased by Leeds fans but deservedly so he's been been quality yeah absolutely it's also worth mentioning Leeds have considered the fewest goals so far this season not surprised and And you're playing a a winger at right back yeah and um, an inexperienced championship centre off yeah and Alioski's at left back sometimes so that's two wingers at full back so there you go and as you say Ben White's one of them and he's been absolutely quality absolutely. so far and that's the thing with Leeds as well their defensive work seems to go under the radar mm-hmm. quite a bit do you th- do you agree with that yeah definitely it's most of I wouldn't say the attacking play but their press is the most complimented yeah. thing about it steals the headlines it, doesn't it, it does but defensively the org- organisation everyone knows what they're doing which you can you can't say that about majority of teams in the championship <laughs> not naming any names no. <laughs> the other centre back is this me? Yes. Okay. It's Mike van der Hall. Of course it from is. From Swansea. <laughs> have you got him as yes, well? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, at the moment, for me, Mike van der Hall is the best defender in the division by uh, yeah. probably a good few steps That's, as well. Yeah. Last season, he was great for Swansea. He's been the experienced head in a relatively inexperienced mm-hmm. back line. And this season, along with the rest of the Swansea team, he's really stepped it up a notch. Mm-hmm. As mentioned, Swansea have been one of the best teams defensively and a large part of that is down to him. Yeah, The number of jewels he's won in the air and the ground have both jumped up. But it's just not just defensively. The man is a brilliant passer. He also carries the ball out of defence. Yeah. Fantastically, Mike van der Horn is one of the first players... I had in this team. It, uh, as soon as centre half came up, uh, I don't think there was any competition between those two. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely right. As you say, Mike van der Horn has been probably the best centre half this season. He, he he sort of he went under the radar a bit. I think he, I think last season he was quite underrated. Yeah, but statistically, he was one of the best defenders in the league. I think it's because he was in a Swansea team who weren't particularly grabbing yeah. the headlines. They had a bit of a season where he was mm-hmm. just. Let's steady the ship. Yeah, and then he was still yeah. being an absolute Rolls Royce at the back, wasn't he? And again, not a criticism to Swansea, but I'm surprised no teams came in for him. Mm. Is because it absolutely right. 
as you say, he's, he's one of the most complete. He's, he's a complete centre half. He's yeah. everything you need in a centre half. Yeah, and he's still twenty six. I thought he was much older than he that. He looks older. Wow. <laughs> We've got to bring them down somehow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, left back, please, Justin. Left Who have you gone for? Tommy Rowe. Interesting. Yes. Very interesting. Mm. That. Tell me more. I've been pleasantly surprised by him. Okay. Free transfer from Doncaster Rovers. Who cares about free transfers from League One? <laughs> they they epitomise. Well, said it already. Going under the radar. Yeah. He's been he's been quality this season. He's versatile and he's been important to Bristol in the absence of De Silva. Again, you had your reservations about him, but I think his overall contribution to how Bristol play with the fullbacks. They need a player like him. Mm-hmm. And I still have my reservations about him. <laughs> Had your reservations about him, who cares? He's picked, he's picked up two goals as well this season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a fair shout. Not one I thought of. The two other players I thought of were Joe Bryan at Fulham or Jack Robinson at Forest, who have yeah. both yeah. been fantastic. Robinson especially has really stepped up this mm-hmm. season. But I've gone for Ryan Manning from QPR. He's someone I mentioned yeah. last week. There are multiple players under Mark Warburton mm-hmm. who have really stepped up since yeah. he's taken charge and he, Ryan Manning, is definitely one of them. He's created 14 chances from the left-back position so far this season, which is the fifth most mm-hmm. in the league so far. And he created 15 chances throughout the whole of last season. So it shows you that he's really he's stepping up his yeah. uh, production rate from a left-back. He's not been afraid of getting forward and he's putting more crosses per game than he ever has done before. Defensively, QPR have been a bit shaky, but... I think that's mainly because of the rest of the back four yeah. as opposed to him. So yeah. that's why I've gone for Ryan Manning. Let's move into centre mid. It's me, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, this, the upper formation. This is why they got rid of it. This was your idea. It, I know. And I instantly regret it. <laughs> At centre mid, I've gone for a bit of a surprise one. I've gone for Kevin Stewart from Hull. Ooh, I I nearly put him in. Oh, OK. But my, okay. I think my player... I thought edges, Kevin. Schoen. Well, we'll get onto yours yes, in a yes, sec, right, Justin. All right. If Jared Bowen is the face of this whole team, then Kevin Stewart is the heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mentioned before how Karen Phillips has stepped up this season, despite his standards already being quite yeah. high. But Kevin Stewart is the only man who's posting anywhere near the numbers that Phillips is posting. Yeah because Stewart's ranking third for the most tackles per game, second for the most interceptions per game, first for fouls per game. Maybe the last one isn't too much of a compliment, but... Shit out. <laughs> he's been, yeah, really. And he's been so important to this whole team, and they would be a hell of a lot weaker if they didn't have him. Definitely, and he's finally paying off that fee they paid for him. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it was a, a, <laughs> a, a large fee, and <laughs> seven million is... As you say, it's a lot of money, but you can see he's a £7 million player in some ways. Mm-hmm. Who have you gone for as your other centre-mid? It's not a surprise. Is it Calvin Phillips? It's Calvin Phillips. Oh, OK. Fair it's Calvin Phillips because, again, he's. I think he's the most important player to how Leeds play. Yeah, it's a very fair shout. They they push their full-backs so high up the pitch, which is why they play wingers there. And Calvin Phillips is that player who drops in and sort of makes a back three, which again is, is, is so important to how they function. Without, uh, well, pretty much said that without him, they don't play as well as they do. They don't have the same style of play without him. He averages 4.6 tackles a game, which is such a high statistic. That's a he, lot. He breaks up play a lot, clearly, and complements that press, that lead play. And that's suspe- Leeds don't concede possession much either, do exactly. they? So he, he averages 67 passes a game, which is nowhere near Tim Ream, but... Nothing's near Tim Ream. <laughs> Nothing's near Tim Ream. But that shows that Leeds play through him as well. So he's got that ability to 
set the tempo, dictate the play, and he's he's an all round holding midfielder that every team needs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just in your other sentiment, please. It's not a surprise. My other one's a surprise, but this one's not a surprise. Okay, I think you've got him as well, John Swift. <laughs> You knew I wasn't going to leave out John Swift. No, I love the man. <laughs> Why have you got him? Um, he's he's stepped up massively. He's sort of been underwhelming over the last couple of years. Um, he's always a player that I try to sign on uh, football manager because I can get the best out of him. Um, but his, his, his stats especially have, have rocketed this season. He's, he's created four goals already, so he's got four assists. Um, averages 3.8 key passes per game, which shows how involved he is in the attacking play. Um, and he's been very dangerous in that final third. And as well as that, he averages almost two crosses per game, which is better than some wingers in yeah. um, uh, wingers in the league. So that shows where he's picking up the ball and how he's influencing how Reading attack. Yeah, I haven't got too much to add. Jay Swizzle is going above his usual standards this season mm-hmm. he's created most chances so far this season and unsurprisingly he's a man full of talent isn't he yeah. it's just been getting it out of him really I yeah. suppose and if he can keep up this form then there might be a concern for Reading that he might not be staying because he is only 24 still which yeah. shocked me yeah. he could very easily go to a team towards the top of the championship or maybe even a Premier League side yeah I mean if Reading play as well as they have been in the games that they've played well, which sort of sounds weird, then they can they can they can compete quite hard at the table. And I think John Swift again, he's going to be so important to that. And I think Jao Sosa, the manager as well, has been sort of key to how firstly Reading play and how well those attacking players are playing for Reading. Yeah, absolutely. My other sentiment, you said yours was a bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. I've gone for Daniel Johnson from Preston. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason being, no one's been a part of more goals this season. Dan DJ. He scored four and set up three. Some of them were of penalties, but he's been so important for Preston yeah. this season, especially when the strikers haven't necessarily been on fire no. so far. So he's been playing a bit further forward than usual as a number 10, which has seen Alan Brown lose his place in yeah. the starting 11, which says something considering mm-hmm. Alan Brown got double figures last season. Yeah. So yeah, DJ's gone into the team, hit the ground running, seems to really enjoy having more freedom in a more advanced yeah. role. And they'll need to keep him going if uh, Preston wants to get in the top six this season. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think he would would have been my second or third choice to to go in there. He's as you say, he's been involved in more goals than yeah. than most. Like he stepped it up. It wasn't long ago when Preston fans were saying they will happily sell him. Yeah, there, he has been under a bit of criticism from Preston fans over the years. He has split yeah. the fan base a bit, but this season I don't think there's. Any doubts, no. really, that he's been so integral to how they've played? Who's your final sentiment? Johnny Williams at Charlton. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah. Tell me more. It seems his injury troubles are far behind him, but then again, we're six games into the season, so who knows? But what is shown under Bowyer is that he can play. We know he can, we know he's got ability, but he's never really had a, a consistent run of games because of his injury record. And now he's at a club that. Suits him. It's a, it's on no disrespect to Charlton, but they're, they're plucky. They're proving people wrong, and that's pretty much Johnny Williams in a nutshell. He's got four assists, and he's one of the most fouled players in the league. So he's clearly getting the ball and getting at um, getting at players. Yeah, yeah. And he's such a nice guy. And he's a really nice guy. Yeah, as we saw from the Sunderland documentary. Yeah. Right. So you've gone four three three. Your three, I presume, two wingers and a striker. Yes. Because I've gone three strikers. I'm cheating a bit. 
I'll start with my first striker then. No, actually, it's your go. Go on. That's how the information oh, works. Yeah. yeah. Um, my right winger. Okay. It's Pablo Hernandez. Okay. The magician. Yeah, of course. Okay, okay, tell me more. You can't have a team of the season without Pablo Hernandez in there. Yeah, I was considering him putting centre mid. I know it's obvious. I know what you said is obvious, but you've got to pick him on merit. You've got to pick him on, on what you think, well, how they've played. And Pablo Hernandez has been, again, key to how Leeds, Leeds play. There seems... There's, I think those three players for Leeds have been their standout players this season. Uh, Phillips, White and, and Hernandez. And Hernandez does what he does best, which is magic. Be brilliant. Yeah, just brilliant. I, that pass for Dallas um, against Stoke was oh. unbelievable. His goal against Bristol City was lovely. Um, and again, as I say, he's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And for quite a while... Pablo Hernandez has been the star in that Leeds yeah. team, really, when it's a team full of stars already. They've just needed to finally get it over the line. And um, Pablo Hernandez, yeah. if he carries on this form, he seems to get better with age, doesn't he? Well, I was going to say, what is he, 33 now? <laughs> Must be around there. And he's playing in this high-tempo team, and he doesn't get taken off after 60, 70 minutes. He's, no. he's there for the, <laughs> the whole of the game, which is testament to, how, to him. Yeah, absolutely. My first striker then, probably not too much of a surprise, it's Boya Baston from Swansea. Yep. When Ollie McBurney left, I was left thinking, well, that's it. It's another season of mid-table med- mediocrity mm-hmm. for Swansea this year. But that was assuming Boya Baston wasn't in the picture. I mean, should we be surprised, really, that a £15 million striker is banging them in for fun? Because... Maybe not, but when you consider he's already matched his tally for the whole of last season and beat his records for the past two seasons prior to that, it shows that he's a man who was low on confidence but has now got it back under Steve Cooper. I said last week, I think Swansea can go up automatically. Baston will need to keep that form up if he, uh, if they are to keep that going. But with the likes of AU, Selena, either side of him, I can't see any reason why he can't keep it up. Spoiler alert, he's my striker. Okay, well, well <laughs> may as well go ahead and tell me a bit more then. Well, I was going to say his overall contribution to the team is what edges him to the other strikers for me. He's, he's been imperative to how Swansea play. They play a high-tempo game and not many strikers, as we've seen in the past, even Boya Baston, haven't been able to slot in there. Um, he's finally been able to do it. The way Swansea set up, they're tactically a lot better now, I think. They sit back against teams who are going to attack them, as we've seen that when they where they played it when they played against Derby and Leeds. Um, and you need a number nine in there who's going to do all the dirty work, and he's, he's been doing that. Uh, and as well as that, he's been he's been playing and scoring goals, which yeah. is what you need a number nine to do. Headed finishes, finishes beautiful. Absolutely, I'm surprised you didn't pick a, the next striker I've got. It's your boy Lyle. Yes, Lyle Taylor, yes. Charlton. I've been pretty vocal about how I think Charlton have been Charlton have been lucky this season. Yeah. My thinking behind that is because they've not been creating as many chances as but their position been, in table suggests. Hang on. <laughs> they haven't been creating as many chances as their position in the table suggests. And they've also been lucky with their opposition not taking the chances at the other end of the pitch. But for Charlton to be where they are, you need to take your chances when they're presented to you. Mm-hmm. And Lyle Taylor has done exactly that. I wasn't sure whether he'd be able to carry on his form from League One no, to the Championship. Scorer. He's a goal scorer. He is a goal scorer. And it was only because he hasn't played at this level before. But he's, you know, 
hit the ground running in the championship. My main concern for Charlton would be whether they keep hold of him in January now. Well, we saw Brentford were sniffing, weren't they? Um, yeah. I'd be surprised if if he keeps up this form. I'd be surprised if teams didn't come in for him. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't recommend paying millions for a 29 year old striker, but when but, he's yeah, but if he's the difference of getting a team promoted and not exactly you, you pay it, don't you? Exactly, and as you say, if you're scoring goals as freely as he is at the moment, then sometimes mm. he's worth the cash. But if that happens, Charlton will be in big trouble, won't they? Well, I suppose yeah. yeah. They've got they've got replacements. Go on, Tom Ahmed. He can he can cut it at this level. We've seen mm. it wouldn't be the end of the world. I wouldn't say he's as Carlton. prolific as Lyle Taylor's been this season. I but suppose not, and he doesn't walk up to penalties either. No, which we we all love to see when he <laughs> when he does do that. Who's your final player in your team of the season so far, Justin? Okay, I might have cheated with this one a bit because you said how many strikers you got, in? I said one. But this player's been playing as a striker. I, f- I, f- I know who it's going to be. It's Go Ollie on. Watkins. Okay, it's Ollie Watkins. He's he's been important to Brentford because of the shoes he got to fill in Neil Mope. They didn't have a conventional number nine and I thought with Mope gone, I thought Brentford are going to struggle. And he did struggle. But in that struggle, Ollie Watkins was still putting goals away. Albeit two, but he's been in the right places as a number nine should be. So And he's learning the role. He's still really young as well. Which is, he seems like he's been around for ages. But when Ben Rama came in against Derby, that front three was so fluid. It wasn't like they were playing a conventional striker. Deadly. It was Yeah, it was deadly and Derby couldn't cope. And if they play like that as often as they do. I nearly put Ben Rama in just for that performance, by the way. <laughs> it was ridiculously good. But as I say, he's, he's been in the right position for his goals um, and he's not been the conventional number nine, which is going to be important for Brentford this season. Yeah, my final striker. Is Ollie Watkins. <laughs> Just the transition from going from a left winger mm-hmm. to a striker, natural number nine, it's yeah. been fantastic. And the thing is, he could have he, he could have scored even more yeah. because he's had so many chances this season. But the fact he's getting in those positions yeah. shows that he's going to keep it, keep it going throughout the whole season, Absolutely. from my perspective anyway. The only issue has been Bradford haven't been scoring from other areas mm-hmm. of the pitch. So... But the fact he is getting in those positions and now Ben Rama's back. I expect him to score a hell of a lot more. I think Brentford could really kick on now. Mm-hmm. And without a doubt for me, they'll finish in the top six this season. Now that Ben Rama's back in the side. Defensively, they've been absolutely fine. Yeah. They've been creating chances without Ben Rama. Mm-hmm. And Ben Rama's the main creative force in that team. So there you go. the rest of the championship beware. Not Brentford are coming. Up, yeah, definitely. Right, at the start of the poll, at the start of the pod, sorry, we asked you three questions, three important questions. Well, two important questions. <laughs> <laughs> we One of the questions we asked at the start was, will Gary Monk be a success yeah. at Sheffield Wednesday? What do you think? I think yes. 53% said no. It's quite harsh, really, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder how many Birmingham fans were involved in that. <laughs> and Borough fans. Uh, Danny Simpson is training with West Brom. Mm-hmm. Would you have him at your club? What would you say? No. 51% said yes. Really tight this week, mm. considering. And finally, what was the what is the best pasta dish? <laughs> Lasagna won with 38% of the vote. Was the Danny Simpson one the least important one out of that? Yes. Good. 
<laughs> Fantastic. Right, it's that time of the week, people. It's time for the Craig Bryson pub quiz. The score so far is 2-1 to me? No. I've got two right, you've got one right? No. I feel like I've asked I you... Did, the only one I didn't get right was Luke Varney. I've bullshit. asked you... I haven't asked you as many, though. I've got two right. Anyway, right, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We'll figure it out at some other points and hopefully be more prepared for next week's podcast. <laughs> right, okay. So your first clue, just in right. peace. Let me explain, first of all. It's got to be a, a championship player who's made over 200 appearances and been fairly good. But they can be years. a crap championship player like Luke Varney, apparently. Yes. Carry on. <laughs> I've made 219 appearances in the second tier, mm. scoring 43 goals. These are hard because they could be a target man or they could be a midfielder or they could be a very prolific goalkeeper. Goalkeeper? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I reckon it's going to be a target man. Mm. So I'm going to edge toward a Steve Howard. No. Good to hear him give him a mention. During my career, I've played for the likes of Ipswich, Brighton and Sheffield Wednesday at championship level. Ipswich, Brighton and Sheffield Wednesday. A lot of a blue and white in there. Yeah. I didn't notice that when I put Ipswich. that together. Ipswich, Brighton, Sheffield Wednesday. Ooh. Uh, I don't think Alan Lee's played for Brighton or Sheffield Wednesday. Or has he? No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. <laughs> um, That's difficult. That's really difficult. Hmm. Do you want me to go to the next clue? Yeah. Okay. I was born in Nottingham, but I have seven caps for the Republic of Ireland. Born in Nottingham. Alan Lee? <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's edging more and more towards Alan Lee. Um, I don't know. David Johnson? No. He's never played with Brian. Wasn't he? In July 2012, I feel like you might get this. In July 2012, I moved to Blackburn for three million pounds... I injured my anterior cruciate ligaments less than a month later, ruling me out for half a year. Why would I get that from that? I wasn't sure if it was like quite a notable thing that happened for this player. So he's played for Ipswich, Brighton and Sheffield Wednesday. And Blackburn. Another blue and white. And Blackburn, another blue and white, yeah. And he's scored 40 odd goals. Mm. Three million to Blackburn in 2012. That, that would have been quite a lot back then. Well, that's the season they came down, wasn't it? It's around there. It wasn't a Premier League signing. No, be. no. no. Ooh, uh, Jordan Rhodes. No. Oh. They would have paid three million for Jordan Rhodes. They paid loads. What is he was banging them in for Huddersfield? Well, he's never played with Brighton. Fucking Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> Despite being a striker, I've only got ten goals or more once in my career in a season. That is. John Hugo. <laughs> Are you going with Johnny no, Hugo? No, no. <laughs> Despite being a striker, I've only got something he's scored ten goals or more in one season. Hmm. Once. Once. Ah, oh, this is hard. This game. I will be honest. This isn't a good player. <laughs> I mean that was never part of the no. rules. No, you've done me again. <laughs> Go on. You've got one clue left after this. I don't know. Go on to the next one. Jordan Slew. He was a crap player this time. <laughs> Jordan Slew. 
<laughs> he has never got 200 <laughs> championship appearances. Last clue. This is the one. If you don't get this, then... My most successful spell was at Coventry, where I earned to move to Newcastle for one and a half million pounds. <laughs> it's Leon Best. Yes. I knew oh, I shouldn't have included that Brighton. one. The list of clubs he's played for is extensive, to say the least. We're going in the Championship. He played for Sheffield Wednesday three times. Yeah, and he's put Southampton in the Championship. Rotherham. Derby. Derby. What? The, what fucking hell. Played, he was last at Charlton. Jesus. He has got one hell of a list on his CV. His CV must be about five pages long. He had that purple patch where he scored a hat-trick. He was quite unlucky, I thought, because he scored a hat-trick and then he did his knee, didn't he? That's what I said, isn't it? Mm. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That was No, he that was at Newcastle, wasn't ah, it? Because right. he, he was all right at Coventry, but still Newcastle paid quite a bit for him. And I should have got it, because that was the season they came down and yeah. they spent three and a half million on Leon Best and it's why they transferred in Mexico. Why? Are you high? What's going on there? <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that has been the second tier podcast. It's been an international break. Thought we'd do something a bit different yeah. this week. Keep everyone going. Yeah, keep everyone going. We'll be back again next week when the fixtures are back. Football's back. Football's back. I can't wait. Real the international football. break is just soul crunching. I can put down my Kosovo and Czech Republic half and half scarf down for the week until the next <laughs> international break. Uh, just a warning, I should say. There is something coming up in the next few weeks where I'm going to be off and we'll have no podcast one weekend. We'll ex- we'll probably explain it a bit better closer to the time, but it's towards the end of this month. You're going on holiday. I'm going on holiday, all right. <laughs> I bought this holiday. During the season. Well, I bought the holiday before the podcast was a thing, all right. I didn't realise we'd be this good, Justin, <laughs> and we'd have... You know, so many listeners going so far. I'd cancel so. my holiday, to be honest with you, but that's just me. I wish I could, but I'm exceedingly poor and I can't afford to <laughs> lose all the money I've spent on the holiday so far. So we have got an alternative planned. We plan mm. on, there will be definitely one weekend where we don't have yeah. an episode, but we hope to make up for it either side of this holiday it's at the end of the month so we'll talk about it a bit more next week and maybe the week after as well we haven't thought that far ahead (laughs) we'll give you we'll give you plenty of content you'll get something and you'll bloody well take it you will anyway i've been ryan dilks i've been justin peach thank you for listening make you feel all right make you feel all right 